Hey friends! Today starts season two of the Mama Mommy Mom podcast. And if you listen to my episodes in season one, y'all know that we chat about all things motherhood, parenting, unfiltered. I give you my opinions. I bring you guests and experts in different fields so that we are all prepared for this journey of motherhood. And I'm so excited to bring you my first guest of season two. Her name was her name is Rachel Fritz. She owns Parenting on Mars, and she is a parent coach. And just like we need a coach for all the other things that we need a coach for in life, this, like she is such a great resource. Definitely go check her out on Instagram. Go check her out, um, her content, her website, and everything. She has so much good information and advice to share with you guys. So Definitely go check her out and listen to this episode. She totally will debunk any myth you have or any like idea you have on gentle parenting because it's not being, it's not what you think it is. I don't want to spoil anything. So go listen to the episode, check her out. All of her stuff is linked in the show notes. And you know what? Have a great day. Three, I live in. Um, Chicago, Illinois. I just recently Chicago. Yeah, we were in the city for a long time, over 10 years. Um, and just um in August late August, we moved to um a northern suburb of Chicago. So we're kind of getting used to the suburban life now. Oh, okay. Um, but I I spent liking it. Yeah, it we we are. It's an adjustment. I mean, we were in a we were in a condo in the middle of the city, and now we're in like a 100-year-old home. Oh, <laughs> so cool. it's super cool. It's super charming. But, you know, it's my, all of my career in nonprofit education. Um, so I, after um, graduating undergrad, um, I joined Teach for America. Are you familiar with no, Teach for America? No, I'm not. Yeah, yeah. So Teach for America um, is a national um it's an americorps organization am i still on yeah i am okay (laughs) i'm just checking yep you're here um and what um what they do they recruit recent college grads to commit to teaching um, a minimum of two years in underserved community so i taught pre-k on the south side of chicago for two years um and then when that commitment was over, um, I joined the national organization. I worked on their staff. So I worked for the Chicago regional team. And then most recently um, was working on a national team doing doing some things like in IT and like tech related stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, during all of that, I had three children. <laughs> so yeah, um, there, was, there were so yeah, there were so many transitions of just like, yeah you know, becoming, you know, a mom of one and, you know, navigating uh, postpartum depression and anxiety and feeling really passionate about just, you know, the experience that new mothers have and um, the support that's so necessary um, for parents. Um, And then had two more kiddos um, to follow. And, you know, around maybe last fall, I'd say about a year ago, I started to feel that um, my calling. Thank you for listening to this episode of Mama, Mommy, Mom. Make sure you go follow me on Instagram, rate and review my podcast, please. That really helps me grow and reach new women and help other women and If you don't mind sharing this episode with a friend, that would be awesome too. And don't forget, I have everything linked in the show notes so you can catch up with me and my guests there and have a great day. Passionate about early childhood, about childhood development, Um, Mm -hmm. you know, being a parent of three little ones, just the, um, you know, the parenting journey. Um, and I have just done a lot of sort of self, um, 
educating and research and in discovering the way that I want to parent my kids um, and how I want to approach, you know, the challenges that we all face in parenthood. Yeah. And um, felt that I could really support others in doing the same. So um, started yeah. my own business um, coaching. So you do coaching for parents. happened can you hear me i can hear you now okay that's so weird um i know i don't know what's going on why don't we i can take myself off wi-fi too it's you know what it's almost like so. when my phone can you hear me can you hear me rachel yeah Hi, I can hear you. Hi. All right. Okay. I almost want to say it's like it's almost like when my phone like goes to sleep or something, if that makes sense. Yeah, it might be. It might be. <clears throat> I, my phone doesn't um turn off while I'm on, but like uh like I, I guess my screen doesn't have like it, a timer on it. Yeah, it stays. Um let me see. Let me see if I can quickly manage a setting for that. Um, okay. Let's see. Um, I don't even know where that would be. I know. I'm looking in settings. Probably. So no. Just. Probably. Display, maybe? No. Yeah, me. Yeah, probably. But yeah, display. I would think. Nope. Okay. No dark screens. Can you see where? Um. Let me try to. Am I still here? I am. Let me try to just keep it on. Um. I'll do my best to just like stay on the screen. Okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't know. I don't apologize. Just, do you, are you keeping the, like, I don't know what it looks like on your end, actually. Is it, like, mine's like a black screen with the time and then that we're both on it. Yeah, that's what it looks like. I mean, mine's a white screen okay. and it's the thing and it says that, yeah, both of us are here. You're the host and that we're connected. Okay. Um, Maybe just keep that open. Yeah, like, I'm going to, I'm going to try to do that. Yeah. Um, okay. But if you get like a notification or something and you need to check, like, just it's, it's fine. If it goes, we can always continue to reconnect. Okay. If we need to. I know it's hard when you have kids to like put your phone. I, I never put my phone on do not disturb because I'm, and I like actually just set my phone ringtones. So like if the school's calling me, if daycare's calling me, like different That's, ringtones yeah. so that I know who's calling. Yes. I'm go I'm going to adapt that. That's that's great. <laughs> I, well, I like you know sometimes you're in a meeting and you're like, oh, I, let me check, just make sure it's not school or daycare, and then you're like, oh, it's just a telemarketer, and I just want to like right. all alleviate that anxiety that comes with like, oh, I don't know who it is. Absolutely, yeah. Like I need to check. It could be someone who needs me right now. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. and there's like a select, like a handful of people in your life that you answer the phone for, it, no matter what you're yeah. doing. You know. Totally. But I was thinking back to like when we had first all got cell phones, and you would have like actual ringtones for specific people. <laughs> Do you remember? Yeah. That? Yeah. yeah. So but those are like that. We need to readapt that because it was so much easier to know who was calling then totally um so you're doing coaching for parents now yeah. um to help them through like the work that is parenthood uh, exactly so okay. the way that i the way that i think about it um or the i guess you know the the client that would come to me would be someone who I mean, it, at, any, at any sort of feeling, any piece of, of struggle, I guess, um, in parenthood. So, you know, maybe, maybe they're having a moment or they're having an experience where they're parenting in a way that just like doesn't feel good to them. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and it, 
it doesn't feel, you know, good in their bodies, the way that maybe that that folks have been, all of us to some extent, many of us to some extent, I should say, um, you know, sort of conditioned to use punishment systems, reward systems, um, in order to get our children to like comply and obey um, this idea and this sense of um, control over kids. I don't, I don't know yeah. that anybody maybe, you know, not many would maybe phrase it that way, but I think if we really look into traditionally, you know, in a lot of the traditional parenting mindsets, it is based in, it is based in control and punishment Definitely. and fear. Um, and so, you know, there are so many parents out there that might be feeling, hey, I don't, I don't want to do it this way, but I don't know another way. Maybe that was the way they were raised, or that's the way that others in their community and, and their family are raising children. And, you know, no judgment. But if, if someone's feeling that they, they want to parent differently, Mm -hmm. I can, I can show them how. Um, And so that's, that's, that's my work. Um, it is typically a like 12 week, um, program, if you will. And I Mm -hmm. share, um, we do, uh, we read books together. We, you know, read articles, we look at, you know, science and research. We do a lot of journaling and reflecting and discussion. Um, and then of course, coaching on just the things that are coming up in life, um, and really apply what we're learning about child development, about nervous system science, about attachment theory, um, about, you know, brain science, um, really doing a lot of self-reflection and then taking all of that and applying to, you know, our, the everyday moments in parenthood. Yeah. I think that one thing that stuck out to me too, when I was looking at some of your stuff and, um, like that gentle parenting, which feels really hard as a, um, you know, I have three young kids too. Our kids are pretty much in like the same ages apart. I have a six, a three and a one year old and it's a really tough stage and it didn't feel that hard until my one year old got older and now Mm -hmm. she's into everything and, you know, figuring that balance. And then my three-year-old just it's she's just totally thrown me for a loop since the day she was born and um really really like strikes a nerve with me because I don't really know what works for her like something will work one day and the next day it won't work and then my son is just very like he listens you know he's very good and not good that he listens just like he's just a very different kid than the girls and it's just so hard to like be like that. I think gentle parenting has a stigma that you're never mean to your child and not mean, but like, you're not disciplining, you're not yelling, you're not getting frustrated, you know, you're, but I think, I think it's not really that it's more, I don't know, maybe you can define that for, for listeners because I have an idea about it and I'm like, I need to learn more about this because I don't want to like it's even on the news this morning um like yelling at your children is just as detrimental as any form of abuse Mm -hmm. um so maybe you could define like gentle parenting and some different approaches that parents can take for that yeah absolutely this question because I hear it a lot too, right? Like the the stigma around like gentle parenting. And I think what gets conflated a lot um, is this idea that gentle parenting is permissive parenting, right? That mm-hmm. yeah. um, you kind of let your kids do whatever they want. You don't, you know, you don't discipline. There are no consequences. And that absolutely couldn't be like further from the truth. Um, I think what happens what we've done sort of as a community of, you know, parent and childhood, you know, experts are trying to figure out 
um, you know, some words, it can be gentle parenting, um, transformational parenting, connected parenting, conscious parenting, mm -hmm. um, attachment parenting, and they all essentially mean the same thing. And what I think they're all driving towards is, in a nutshell, the kind of parenting that leads to secure attachment between child. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, attachment theory has been researched up the wazoo, right? There's, there's mm -hmm. a ton of research we could dig into. Um, there are a lot of really um, easily digestible books that folks can get familiar with to, to just familiarize themselves um, mm -hmm. with attachment theory. One that I would recommend um, is The Power of Showing Up by um, Dr. Daniel Siegel and Dr. Tina Payne Bryson. Um, okay. They also wrote The Whole Brain Child, which I know is a very popular book um, among parents and, and in particular the, you know, the conscious and, and gentle parenting community. Mm -hmm. um, but it, what I really love about the power of showing up is that it, it, it breaks down some really tangible ways in which parents um, can develop this secure attachment. And secure attachment is what leads to, you know, just lifelong success, um, you know, academically, socially, emotionally, um, in all aspects of life. I think as parents, we sometimes think we need to um, zoom in on, okay, well, I have to I have to teach my kids to be, you know, resilient, and I have to mm -hmm. um, teach them kindness, and I need to, you know, and it's like, do it's you need a different? Yeah, do I need a different plan for all of this? And I, I, I think the answer is no. I think the answer is like you plan and you approach um, to parent in a task. Um, use that more, then like you're gonna get there, right? If you're trying to get there, then I then I think you're gonna get there. But it takes some awareness and some understanding. Um, I I I read the study or I've heard of the study that you mentioned about you know yelling being just as you know damaging or doing the same things to the brain as hitting your childhood, right? That's essentially a conclusion that was drawn and that I've seen a lot of folks put out there. And what I do want to say, because I, I think there could be a lot of fear mongering out there on, oh my yeah. God, I yelled at my kid this morning. I just like, I just damaged their brain. This, I can't like, like I've harmed my child for life. Oh, and, and so why? Agree. I literally yeah. that came on the news after I yelled at my three-year-old for sorry. screaming and crying within the first yeah. five minutes of waking up. I'm like, you just woke up. We're yeah. not crying yet today. Like, yeah. I was doing everything she wanted me to do, and she was still not having it. I'm like, oh, you're so frustrated. And just like, I just need a sip of coffee, please. Just stop crying. Um, yeah, and you know, if we if we actually look at that study and and um, you know, kind of look at the details in it. Mm -hmm. What I believe they've pulled out there is that there is the cons the consistency. It's the consistency of the yelling, right? And yeah. it's what you're yelling at your child. So if there is um, there's name calling, if there's shaming, if there's you know berating and um, things that are very, um, you know, hurtful and, um, you know, damaging to one's like identity as who they are as people, right? Mm -hmm. Like that absolutely, I, I, I have no doubt that that would have similar effects or, you know, same, the same effects as being physically abusive. It's verbal abuse, essentially, is what right. we're talking about here. And right. so, um, you know, while I think it's a lot of clickbait, and it's a really strong headline, if you yell at your kids, it's like you're hitting them. Um, mm -hmm. But let's like, you know, also kind of take a step back, take a deep breath. <laughs> um, realize that none of us are perfect. We all mess up. 
And the most important thing, the most important thing any parent can do when they yell, because we all do it, it will happen. It's happened in the past and it will happen in our future, right? Mm-hmm. Because, mm-hmm. because we're not robots and there are no perfect parents. But the most important thing that you can do when that happens is repair and to find the time to reconnect with your child um, and, and, and make amends to what happened, right? Take responsibility yeah. for our own actions as parents apologize for our actions, apologize without drawing attention to, you know, what mistake it is that they made. So it's not, I'm sorry, I yelled, but you did something you weren't supposed to. (laughs) It's, you know, sorry that I yelled. I can imagine that was really scary for you. It's my job to, to be able to stay calm when I'm having really big emotions and I'm going to try harder like with that. Um, and it's, it's, it's modeling that for your child and taking ownership in your part of their relationship. Um, so So, those are, those are some of my thoughts on. (laughs) Yeah. But so how do you then, because I think that people can argue too, that there's a whole generation of kids, not much young, like kids, you know, in their teenage a lot of teenagers mm-hmm. per se, and a lot of kids in their twenties who are very, very disrespectful and have no, um, no real respect for anybody older than them. And this fear, I think that at least goes through my brain, like I'm not raising a child that's disrespectful. So how do mm-hmm. I, how do you, as a parent, when you, you know, you're getting to a point of yelling because you're frustrated because you've probably asked them several times to do something or you're, if you're immediately getting frustrated, you're just, it has nothing to do with your child, I'm sure. So, but when you're in that moment of, I've asked you, you're being disrespectful. Like how, how can you still teach your child respect, even when there, it might be the seventh time you've asked them to I don't know, pick up some, pick up their toys and they're not doing it or an, like an older child, give me your, your tablet. Why aren't you giving me your, your tablet? I've asked you seven times and then it ends at screaming and the kid crying or the Mm -hmm. kid crying right away. So like just in those moments where that disrespect comes up, that's what I'm trying to get at is that, you know, in those moments of disrespect, um, you know, you're setting that authority of I'm yelling at you because I'm the parent and I'm the one in control. But how do you, if you're using the gentle parenting approach, how do you teach your kids? How do you teach your kids respect without getting to that point of being so frustrated that you end up mm-hmm. out of yelling. control? Out of control. Yeah. yeah. Um, I love this question so much. And I think there's, um, kind of a lot to unpack here so, I would, so much I know yeah it's a lot and we specific examples that you gave we can talk specifically through them and like what I would would use to just avoid the whole <laughs> getting to that point of we're yelling yeah. we're screaming we're disrespecting you're disrespecting me you know and that whole power struggle yeah so so we, we can do that but what I would say to start is if we want to teach our child, our children respect, we have to lead with respecting them, right? So it's going to what what we give to the relationship is what is going to be returned in that relationship. So <clears throat> what I would say, um, so let's say, um, why don't your- we use the the tablet yeah. explanation. The tablet. I feel like that's very generic amongst okay. absolutely all groups, probably. Sure, absolutely. And this is where a lot of like the um, you know child development, the brain development is is hap- is like the knowledge around that is so mm-hmm. like and so important. And so, what I think sometimes we do as parents or as adults is we look at at kids, at children as little adults, right? They're just shorter, but like really their, their brains are underdeveloped. And the the part of their brain that is 
that is like the last to develop is that prefrontal cortex, which mm-hmm. is the which is the reasoning, the planning, the um, you know the ability to take the perspective of others. And so that is that is very underdeveloped. The part of their brain that's extremely well developed, especially when we're talking about you know three, four, seven year olds, um, is the the emotional piece of their brain, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so if we are looking to um, if we're looking if we're going to enter a moment with our with our kiddos it's likely going to cause stir up some some emotion if we're trying to like rationalize through that like but i already told you you agreed that you would turn it off i set the timer you're not doing it um that that the prefrontal cortex is being overridden by like the emotional piece right so i would approach i would approach it very very differently so let's let's say it's it's Wait, so the part of the brain that's telling him to listen is also is being overridden by his emotion of having to let go of something he wants. Correct. Yes. Okay. That is really interesting to Absolutely. actually break it down and know yeah. that you know they're it's just too combat like they're just yeah inside like yeah. you know you're. And that happens to adults too, but I mean, with kids, it's definitely more apparent because their emotions, they, you know, they don't hide them. Absolutely. I mean, you even okay. think about in, impulse control, right? Like yeah. if a child sees a toy, you know, at the park that another child's playing with and they want it, their ability to resist grabbing it out of that child's hand, like it's, it's, it's underdeveloped, right? Like it's not there. And so yeah. sometimes as parents, we're expecting our children to do things that developmentally they aren't ready for or they can't do either, you know, because of where they are with their brain development or because we're, you know, emotionally in the moment. And then we're punishing them, you know, for not being able to do those things. Right. And so, you know, a lot of because comes we don't down, understand yeah. why they can't. Right. A lot of it comes down. I didn't down mean to interrupt you, but I yeah. wanted to make sure <laughs> okay. I understood. That's <laughs> right, okay. Please do. I just, I will just, I could talk about this for like three hours. Please interrupt. <laughs> <laughs> I don't awesome. think the listeners are going to be tuned in for that long. Um, hopefully. No. Um, so, so let's, so let's back it up to like this tablet time, yeah. right? It's tablet yeah. time. And um, I, let's say, okay, yep, it's time time for your tablet. We're going to set some parameters for it. Um, when, you know, we have 30 minutes on the tablet or we have, you know, two shows, whatever it might be, um, mm-hmm. the timer goes off, it's time for the tablet to go off. So we're, we're doing all of that in, in the beginning, right? What right. So is say, you know what? I've noticed it's really hard when the timer goes off, it can feel really hard to turn off your game. Like, what do you think about that? And then like, have a dialogue with, with your child, right? Around mm-hmm. behavior. Hey, I expect you to turn it off right away. Because what, what, what is a child going to say? Oh yeah, sure. Give me the tablet. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah that sounds, that sounds exactly. great. But really talk about like, talk about that emotion that's coming up for them. What is that experience like? Um, and then, you know, what I would, what I would also do and plan with your, with your kiddo is say, um, now when you have five minutes left, I'm going to come up and I'm going to let you know, Hey buddy, you got five minutes left, right? Okay. And like, don't, don't shout it from the kitchen, right? Like you walk up to them, right. you put their head on their shoulder, you know, you, you look at what they're doing. Maybe when there's three min- minutes left, you walk over and you watch, let's say they're playing a game or they're watching a TV show and they're playing a game and you get invested in what they're doing, right? You, you say, okay, we got three minutes left. Ooh, what level are you on? You're, you're you know, you're, you're engaging with something that they're really interested in. Then you can, minute, like, are you going to turn it off or am I going to turn it off? Let's say your child says, no, 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 like I'm almost done with the level. 
is it, you know, ask yourself, is it reasonable to let your child like finish the level? I mean, me personally, I think it is. I'd hate to have someone unplug my video. Or are six minutes left in like TV show and they're like, oh my God, please, like I have six minutes left. Hey, I think that's, you know, I think that's reasonable. Yeah, we can finish the show. Like allow yourself to have some flexibility. And again, you're showing, you're showing interest, you're connecting, you're giving respect, right, in that moment. Right. And, and, and so I would say if you need to have some wiggle room on the parameters, have some wiggle room on the parameters. You're not saying yes to two more hours of tablet time. You're saying yes to, you know, three more minutes, one more level, or finish the level. And then, and then once we get there, you say, okay, oh, you're almost at the end of the level. Oh, you made it. Are you gonna turn it off or do you need to turn it off? And then hold that boundary, right? Yeah. If mm-hmm. the child said, you know, chances are given the amount of connection you've made, the that you've, you know, been able to talk about the empowered conversation you will have with your child, I just turn it off. Like I would not be surprised at all. Now, if you're saying, yeah, right, no, my kid's still not gonna turn it off well. That's the moment when you turn it off yourself, right? You, you right. are the boundary. And a boundary is something that you're going to do. You uphold the boundary, right? So mm-hmm. You told your child you can turn it off for I will. They don't turn it off. Then you follow through with what you said you're going to do. Again, like you're, I mean, you're the parent. You're the leader. You're, you know, the authority, however you want to, to think about that. But, you know, turn it off. Right. So let's say we get to the point parent has to turn it off. The child, you know, maybe they cry, maybe they scream. Oh, then that's when you empathize. I know that's it's really, really hard. I know, you know, and and give and then whatever it is that gives your child, you know, comfort in those moments or if they need space, if they need if you need to stay you know, proximate to them and help them kind of navigate those feelings. but. Um, I think that like doing, doing, having that approach, you're much more likely to have cooperation um, and to avoid the power struggle when you get there. And, and the book is clear and, um, you know, you, know, you avoid like ambiguity on like, what's mom going to do, what's dad going to do, how's this going to end. Right. You, what, is, what do you what do you think of that? How does that feel? It's a really good approach to like managing his expectations with the tablet too and his emotions. So I definitely mm-hmm. think that it's doable. Um, I think it takes time. Like, I think it it does take time to transition your thought process as a parent. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. Go ahead. Yeah. I and no. I'm. I'm sorry to cut you off, but no, I, I think what's fine. so what's so important what's so important to recognize is that like these are these are muscles like thinking muscles, right? That we haven't many of us haven't exercised before, or maybe this hasn't been the way that we ourselves were parented. So it's not. It's it's it, it needs it's very intentional at first it it, it requires a lot of thought um in a way but once you get into that um once that like muscle memory in a sense um kicks in it becomes very you know i'm I'm gonna say easy with like quotes (laughs) it becomes very natural natural, right yeah i i can see that because you know honestly like our my parents didn't parent this way and and I mean I respected them but it wasn't like when I think of attachment parenting too and and being more um like respecting your kids the way that you expect to be respected by them I think a lot of like especially with like when you hear the word attachment, like, Oh, you know, my parents were told by their doctors not to let the kids sleep in their bed. So we were allowed to sleep in our kids in, in our parents' bedroom, but we had to sleep on the floor. Mm -hmm. 
And I think that that's just like that generation of what was told, like what people thought was right at the time. And then, you know, as you learn, like now, like my kids sleep in bed with us or Mm -hmm. if they don't fit in bed, they're on the floor next to us. But, you know, we, we don't have hard boundaries of not letting our kids sleep in the, in the bed with us. And I know that that was something that my mom says like, Oh, our, our doctor told us not to do that. They, you know, and we felt bad, but we were listening to our doctor and it's like, Mm -hmm. it's a, you know, it's really good that this research is coming out to show Mm -hmm. that this is actually a, a, a very, I feel like good is not the right word I'm looking for, but it's a, yeah, it's, it's a, I don't know. It's, it's a way to parent that's okay, right? Like it's okay to parent in a way that feels good and to listen to your instincts. I think that a lot of times, you know, in the example that you just, you just gave, um, it, what, you know, the doctor said, don't allow your child to sleep in bed with you. And, and it sounds like, you know, maybe your mom was like, well, that didn't feel right. Or I felt yes, like, it, exactly. like you could have slept in bed with us. But we were listening to the doctor and, and right. I and understand the doctor that. Knew best. Right. They didn't right. have all this research that, you know, for better or for worse, we all have the research. We have Google, we have people, you know, helping us people like you helping parents and coaching parents that wasn't around right. 30 years ago, 35 years ago. Right. And I mean, when we were kids growing up, it was like that nanny lady was on the show. Do you remember oh on the TV? You remember yes. her? <laughs> the like super nanny? Yes, exactly. Yeah. Strict. Oh God. I, yeah. I don't, yeah. I don't think, I don't think that's the way. Um, no. I, yeah, I, I think that, you know, one thing that I, I say a lot to folks and I think this relates to the like, you know, what do the doctors say? What, what does the research say? I I really believe that we as parents, like we have the answers inside of us, right? Um, I think there's a lot, there's a lot of noise. Um, There's a lot of, you know, anxiety around how, you know, how is my kid going to grow up? How are they going to, you know, function in the world? How are they going to, you know, to the example we talked about or what you shared, how are they going to learn respect? Um, and, and I, I think that sometimes when we're so hyper-focused on like how, how we're going, what we're going to do to set them up for all of these different, you know, kind of measures of success, we yeah. lose sight of the relational piece. Um, right. and we lose sight of like this. This is a relationship between you and your child, and you know they're they're going they're going to love you, right? Like you're their mom, you're their dad, you're their caretaker. But when you get to a point where not not only is it like the love, but you want them to like you, want you want them to. Um, Want, you know, tell you things, be the person that they call, you know, when right. they have good news, be the per- person that they call when they're in trouble and they need something. Yeah. Uh, I want my kids to run towards me and not away from me, especially right. in times of, um, you know, of, of fear or of anxiety or worry, or maybe when they did something they shouldn't have done. Um, and, and I, it's, it's my job as a coach, um, to help parents, you know, kind of uncover the answers that are within them. Um, if I had, if I had the answer, like outright, I could just tell you, and then we'd all, you know, go along our merry way. But I think that this is such a, this is such a personal and it needs to be such an authentic relationship that, um, it has to feel good in your body, right? It has to feel good to you. Definitely. And it has to, I, I always, um, my, whenever someone gets pregnant, you know, they have like those, oh my gosh, what if, what about this? Or they have those gut feelings. And, um, my sister messaged me the other day and like one of her friends is pregnant and she goes, she's worried about X, Y, and Z. I said, then she needs to just listen to her gut. I know she's really early pregnant, but 
your parenting, mm-hmm. like as a mom, your intuition yeah. will come. It, it happens that quick, like from the moment you're pregnant. So Absolutely. like she has to trust herself. And I think that's a lot with parenting, like not worrying. You know, am I doing this exactly the right, all these steps the right way? Am I like, I messed up. I'm the worst parent. I need to make up for it in candy and tablet time for the rest of the night. Like you just have to be able to trust that every step you're, you're going, like you're making the right decision for your family and following. I just feel like your intuition and your gut really like, if you can get in tuned with them, they really tell you so much, like not questioning that. Like if it doesn't feel right. Yeah, it probably isn't, right? Right, exactly. (laughs) And like, if you're yelling at your kid and you get done yelling at them and you're like, oh my gosh, I feel like crap because I really was only yelling at them because I'm so hungry Mm -hmm. and they're on my nerves because I didn't feed myself today. Like that's not, you know, you have to deal with that as a, like that probably didn't feel right because you probably like, I don't know. I just feel like there's so many things that we as parents can um, work on that. We are not that like we're putting on our kid, like we're putting mm-hmm. certain things on uh, on our kids too. Yeah, yeah um, for sure. And I, like, I think that, you know, along with the intuition and trust for gut, there's, you know, the, reflection is is so powerful and you know reflecting in a way of you know I I think I think it's it's easy for us at the end of the day to you know sit in bed or to sit down you know once maybe the kids are asleep and think oh I didn't do this right and I didn't do that right and I yelled too much and I want to do this differently and you know being in the place where you can say, I want to do this differently. Like that's huge, right? Like that's the first step. But then acknowledging that like, it doesn't just happen overnight. And I think that what, what after, you know, that decision is made, you know, I want to do this differently, or I, I want to find another way. Um, then comes the self-reflection, you know, looking at, you know, your own, your own triggers, looking mm-hmm. at, the way that, you know, as we've talked about, maybe you yourself were parented, maybe the way that, you know, folks in your community parent, um, thinking about, um, and, and doing, and just like doing a lot of work to unpack, you know, what it is that um, might be holding us back from truly showing up the way that we want to show up with our kids. Um, and, and, you know, it's, it's a lot of work. But as I've, I think I said before, awareness is, is everything, right? Like so much of this is just knowing and being aware. And if you can take a, take a pause, just take a second to just pause for like three seconds before you react to your child or respond to your child in a difficult moment, I, I I promise there's going to, it's going to be a different outcome, right? Oh, it, I can imagine. Yeah, power, definitely. Yeah, the power of just pausing is just it's really significant, and so you right know, because it's the difference between reacting and actually responding. Yes, 100%. you're not you're not reacting in anger. You're responding with a solution, which is what the kid, which is what kids need. They don't, right? You know, they have enough emotions for the whole house, so we don't need to be putting the, our emotions and frustrations into the into the situation into the you know yeah into their meltdowns (laughs) and things like that like it's definitely and so as a coach do you I'm this is probably a yes but I'm gonna ask anyway you work with parents helping them figure all of that out a hundred percent yes so um figuring out you know what again what those generational patterns are um, what mindsets parents might have about, um, you know, how children should behave, what value, what family values do you have? And how does that relate to the way you respond? If you have a value of, I don't know, um, let's say, I don't know, like, 
not, this is going to be so like out there, but like not getting your clothes dirty <laughs> or like cleanliness. Let's yes. Just, no, I mean, I, that's a real thing. Right. I mean, look at that. Okay. specific about yes. like that. But, it could be I a thing. no judgment. So it's like what I, I like values are very much like you're about, you don't have, there are no, there are, there aren't right or wrong. Right. It's, right. But how often do we sit down to really reflect on and name what they are and, you know, with a co-parent name, what they are and talk about them and how we're, you know, and how to respond. Because when you can zero in on your values, that's when you can, that's when you can get clear on what boundaries you have. Right. Boundaries uphold your values, right? Like that's, mm -hmm. that's yeah. the definition that I use. And so, you know, if you have this idea of, okay, well, you know, um, we, you know, of, of cleanliness or something and right. your kiddo is outside, maybe, maybe they're, they're allowed to go outside and make mud pies and get dirty. And then they run into the house with muddy shoes on and they jump on your white couch. I I'm, I'm the, the person who bought a white couch with three kids. I don't know what I was thinking, <laughs> but they jump on your white couch. Your, you, your body is going to react in a way of, Oh my God, this is a threat. I am not safe. I yeah. <laughs> yes. I have this deep seated value of like, you know, maintaining a clean home and cleanliness. And so, you know, that's, that's, that's what's going to happen. Um, but there might be boundaries of, you know, when you walk in the house, you remove your shoes. If you don't, rem you know, if you walk in without removing your shoes, then, you know, we need to, we need to clean up what mess was made and we'll do it together. So right. you'll help. And this is, you know, the, the natural consequence. I know we haven't talked about, you know, consequences and things. Oh yeah. Maybe that's another episode. That might be another episode, right? Yeah, we might um, this might be this might have to be two parts because we have to talk about consequences. Yeah. That's such a big part of parenting that like so many people struggle with. Yes, yes, I understand. Because they suck. Nobody wants to <laughs> give anybody a consequence. Right. Like, right. Right. So you know, so maybe that's part of it, right? Like that's, then, then we clean it up ourselves, but, um, yeah. but it's, but it's, it, it, it's, it's knowing those things and then being able to act in, in accordance with, you know, your values, uphold your boundaries. And then it, and it all makes sense to you inside too, right? right. Like it, right. it doesn't feel like, oh my gosh, like I, and doing something or I'm putting a restriction on something that like, I don't really care if there's a restriction around. I myself, like my kids can like snack all day long when they get home from school. Like I don't, I don't have a restriction on it. Right. Yeah. So when I try to, to you know, kind of uphold this boundary of no, we're going to have three snacks and then no more snacks after four o'clock. And then they ask me at 410, can I have a snack? I'm like, yeah, sure, go ahead. Because I don't care. Like, that's fine. Yeah, exactly. Right? Um, and so, it, like, we, we, we make it a, a harder on ourselves when we're imposing these things that, you know, aren't aligned to our values or maybe just, you know, and focus on the things that, that really matter to us. Uh, I think yeah, it's, it's important. It's important to reflect on that as a parent too. I think mm -hmm. that comes into the topic of like self-talk and like knowing that your value, like what we've been talking about, I think is a lot to do with self-talk, like knowing mm -hmm. your values, knowing like kind of your North star and being able to reflect on that in your, and then move forward and make sure that like the decisions you're making align with that, um, with those values. Like you said, like if you don't care if they snack, then why would you get upset about it right. you know like if it's not a big deal then don't make it a big deal but if it's something like you said like the muddy shoes in the house like that's that's something that needs to become a habit in a kid's brain that they come in the house and they take their shoes off and mm -hmm. like they literally hear you in their head saying take my shoes off until it becomes a habit that they're not thinking about anymore mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so then that kind of, that like totally takes off even that conversation of take your shoes off, take your shoes off. You have muddy shoes, take your shoes off where that habit is created. It's not, um, yeah, it's not even a conversation or on your, on your mind anymore because it just happens. 
Right. And and it's support in those things too, right? Yes. So if I have a boundary of like, we don't wear our shoes in the house, how am I setting up the environment, setting up, um, how am I making myself available so that when the kids are coming in the house, like I'm there to, to help teach them. Oh, here I am. Where do those shoes go? There you go. Put them, you know, put them in the track, you know, put them in the shoe thing or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, so because we're, we're their teachers, right? I, I know that, you know, the, the idea of discipline has come up and, and discipline essentially is teaching, right? Like sometimes I think we think, oh, discipline means like punishment and consequences and, you know, making someone so sorry for what they did that like they'll never do it again. Um, but really it's, you're, you're, when you discipline, you teach. Um, and so we have to make sure that that is very present in the way that we respond to our kids when they do do something they're, you know, they're not supposed to do or, uh, you know, aren't meeting the expectations of the household or the family. And that all goes back into that intentional parenting and being very intentional with what you're mm-hmm. saying and doing and teaching and how you're treating your kids. Absolutely. Yes. Well, that might be a good spot to wrap it up so that mm-hmm. we can um, do our next, <laughs> our next episode <laughs> can be all about discipline and consequences. Yes, I love it. I love the topic. <laughs> So fun. Um, is there, what's like one thing you want to leave with uh, moms today? Like one thing you want them to remember, like most important. Absolutely. You're a good mom and you're doing a good job. And if you're trying, then you're getting there. Right. Um, so that's what I would say. That's awesome. Every mom needs to hear that. definitely well thank you so much for your time today i'm it Uh was so fun to talk to you rachel it was great i really enjoyed this and i hope that we can do this again yeah definitely we will